It's good to have you here this morning on this uh, Memorial Day weekend. What a beautiful couple of days we've had. You know, as, as a nation, we celebrate this day of Memorial Day. Uh, it's a day when, when we remember those that have served. You know, this is a weekend when mothers and fathers, um, husbands and wives, sons and daughters remember those that, that have lost their lives for, um, for our nation and those that are still serving um, our nation. It's time to remember them. But I think it's also a time for us as, as the church to remember, to pray for peace for our nation. You know, to pray that, that God would bring our soldiers home. You know, that, 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 uh, that, that the kingdom would come. And so, so this weekend, as we remember those that have served, as we, as we um, honor those that, that are serving and have served, uh, let's also remember to pray for our nation, uh, to pray for places where um, war is happening, that we would pray for peace. Because that's ultimately what we desire. It's what God desires is peace. And so let's remember that and remember that, that our nation is free because people have sacrificed, but our nation is also free because God has blessed us and, and chosen to, to allow us to be free. So we need to be thankful for that. We are ending today a series that we've spent um, since the cold months of winter uh, in the book of Acts, and, and today is the last week, and I was given this, uh, this book by our children's ministry director, Feline, um, and she gave it to me because she thought I needed something to play with, but this is what your kids have received over the last uh, 10 weeks while we go through the book of Acts. This is what I love about our children's ministry, is they give you as parents, they give you tools to, to continue to teach your children God's Word. It's not a place where they go just to do, to do babysitting, but it's a place where they learn God's Word. And so, so parents, you know, we, uh, children's ministry is, a, is an assistance to you, but ultimately you are responsible to train up your children. They give you resources to do that. So I encourage you, um, I think you each get one of those when you, when you take it home. Look at it. Continue to train up your children in God's Word. But we find ourselves here in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 28. If you turn with me, um, we'll be looking at that and from verses 17 to the end of the chapter. And as we've gone through the book of Acts, we, we saw the, the, the birth of, of the church when at Pentecost the Holy Spirit came down and, and, and filled the people. And, and it says that um, they were filled with the Spirit. And, and Peter gets up and preaches this incredible message. And, and in one day, 3,000 people are, are become believers. And, and then we see the church continue to grow. And, and it says that, that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And, and persecution breaks out. And, and, and as Jesus said, the, the, that, that they were, would go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so we see that in the first part. We see them going to Jerusalem and, and Judea and then to Samaria. And, and as Stephen is, is stoned, we see the church pushed to the ends of the earth. 
And from chapter 9, when we see uh, Saul meet Jesus on the road to Damascus, and Saul is changed, and his name is changed to Paul, um, he becomes sort of the focal point, his ministry becomes the focal point of the rest of the book of Acts. And, and we journey with Paul from Jerusalem to Rome. We see him uh, experiencing all kinds of, of persecution, of danger and distress. We see him going through trials. And Paul sort of becomes maybe the hero of the book of Acts. He becomes the guy that, that we look to and, and, and read about and see what God is doing through him. But we never know exactly what happens to Paul. There are lots of ideas of how Paul died, but we never really know how Paul died. And, and the book of Acts ends just sort of Abruptly, it says that, that he, bold, he boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ and Acts is over. So we don't know what happened. But, but it is my belief, I think, that, that the reason that, that there's nothing, there really is no conclusion to the book of Acts is because the Acts continue. Through the church, the church continues to move forward. The acts of the Holy Spirit continue beyond what Luke wrote. To us, we are the ones, we are now to move forward and, and to share the gospel just the way that we sang in that last song. The story of Acts continues through the church today. We now advance the gospel of Jesus Christ, the way that Paul was advancing the gospel. And, and for, for us, a lot of times we say, well, we will live our lives to show people who Christ is. And, and our lifestyle is, the way that we live is very, very important, and it's a part of our testimony. But when I read about Paul here in the last part of Acts, it's about more than just the way I live my life. But it's about proclaiming the gospel verbally. It's about telling people of who Jesus Christ is and, and what he's done for them and, and what he's done for us. In 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter says, In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. And I ask myself the question, am I prepared at all times to give an answer for the hope that I have? For the hope that I have in Jesus Christ? Am I willing? Am I ready? Am I looking for opportunities to share with people of the hope that I have? Because I think our strategy is, my strategy, well, I think it's more out of fear that, that I just live my life. But Peter says we need to give reason for the hope that lies within us. Finding words to tell people, to witness to them, to proclaim to them what Jesus has done. But I struggle to communicate that with people. I struggle to find words 
I struggle to find the courage to tell people. But we were called as followers of Christ to tell, to proclaim of what he's done. And and that's what I see in what Paul does. I don't want us to leave this morning beating ourselves up thinking, I am just a horrible Christian. I don't ever share the gospel. I don't, I'm not Paul. You know, I haven't been beaten for my faith. I haven't been thrown into prison for my faith. You know, I don't want us to beat ourselves up because not all of us are Paul. You know, not all of us are are called to preach the gospel behind a pulpit. Not all of us are called to be missionaries, to go to other cultures, to preach the gospel. Because all of us have different callings. All of us have different giftings. All of us have different opportunities. You know, we have different levels of influence. You can influence people that that I'm not able to influence. I'm able to influence people that you're not able to influence. But all of us together are called to take the gospel to the places where we have been planted. Advancing the gospel right where you're at. Think about, where are you going to be at tomorrow? Where are you going to be at next week? Who around you needs Jesus? That's where you and I, that's where we're called to take the gospel. We may not replicate Paul's life, but, but I believe as I, as I looked at this, I want Paul's heart for proclaiming the gospel. I want a passion that Paul had to proclaim the gospel. We have to have this, this genuine concern for other people's souls. We have to care about lost people. And Paul here, as you look through the book of Acts and and through his writings, Paul was passionate about lost people. Paul had a concern for his fellow Jews. I mean, when you think about Paul's life, you know, he was persecuted. He was was questioned by by the Pharisees and Sadducees and and by by all of the Jewish people. They They always were antagonizing him. In Acts chapter 13, it says, the Jews incited devout women of high standing and leading men among the city to stir up persecution against Paul. In Acts 14, it says, the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles. And in Acts 17, it says, when Paul was in Berea, they came there to agitate and stir up the crowds. And so, so the Jews were continually trying to make Paul's life miserable. And yet when you get here to Acts chapter 28, when Paul gets to Rome and he gets settled in, it says after three days, he called together the local leaders of what? Of the Jews. Paul wanted to make sure that, that his fellow Jews heard the gospel because Paul had a passion for his people. He wanted them to know Christ. You see, I want to have the same love for lost people that Paul had for lost people. I want, I want our hearts to break for people that are dying and going to hell. We can't ignore the lost people around us. 
And they're everywhere. They're at the place that you work. They're at the restaurants you go to. They're at your family gatherings. They're in your homes. And we have to, we have to care for them. I read this quote by Charles Spurgeon that just really cut me to the heart. It says, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. Let them go with our arms wrapped around their knees. Let no one go there unwarned or unprayed for. Think about that. Think about what Spurgeon says. If people are going to go to hell, I'm going to make it hard for them to go. They have to jump over my body. They have to get around me. I'm going to hold on to them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to talk to them because I don't want them to go. Is that my heart's cry? For people that I know are dying and going to hell. It says in Acts 28, verse 23, that that Paul witnessed to them from morning until evening, explaining about the kingdom of God. From the law of Moses and the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. When was the last time you and I tried to persuade somebody about Jesus. It says Paul expounded, or your translation might say explained, from morning until evening. In other words, he preached to them. He talked to them. Now this, I'm sure, invited some, it involved some, some interactions, some questions and answers, but, but it says from mornings until evening, Paul poured out his heart to these people that needed Jesus testifying to the kingdom of God. In other words, trying to convince them that Jesus was what they needed. When was the last time that I tried to persuade somebody about Jesus? When was the last time you had time or I had time to talk somebody from morning until night to try to persuade them that Jesus is Lord. And what it talks about testifying, trying to convince, you know, these words, they incite, they incite passion and, and emotion. It's a pleading with people to come to Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says, we are Christ's ambassadors we represent him to the world he goes on as though God were making his appeal through us he says we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God do you hear the 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 passion within Paul's writing that 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 he's imploring them he's desiring he is wanting nothing more than for them to come to Christ is there anybody in your life that you have been imploring to come to Christ 
passionately talking to them about their lostness and the one who can change that. You see, when I read that about Paul, when I read what Paul says, I'm convicted by that. Because I lack that kind of passion. I'm oftentimes content just to keep my mouth shut when I know in my heart that the person that I am interacting with, if they die, they would go to a Christless eternity. And yet I am willing to just be quiet. I choose to be indifferent about their eternal state. Can we afford to be indifferent? Because every single person, every one of you here, including me, we were all at one point destined to go to hell. You know, Romans says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Apart from knowing Jesus Christ, we are all destined for hell. Experiencing the eternal wrath of God. And, and Jesus is the answer. And, and do I plead passionately with my lost friends and family around me so that they may know Jesus? Do I have a concern for lost people? Do I have a heart for lost people the way that Paul had a heart for lost people? So my prayer is that, that we, that I would have this concern for lost people. But as we have this passion for lost people, as we talk to people about Jesus, we also have to have confidence in the sovereignty of God. We have to understand, we have to be confident as we share, as we expound and testify and plead with them that God is ultimately the one that will change their hearts. And somehow, in this, this is a mystery to me that, that, that God uses us to share the gospel with lost people, but ultimately, he is the one that draws them. He is the one that changes them. And I have to be confident in him that he will change them. See, I think so often our, 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 our problem is, or my problem is, is I want to change this person. You know, I want to take them and shake them and say that you need Jesus. When I have to let God be God. I have to let the Holy Spirit do the work. Paul was confident in the sovereignty of God. And in verse 28, it says that some were convinced by what he says, but others would not believe. Now imagine if you were Paul, you would be proclaiming all day long, day after day, that, that Jesus is the way. Some were convinced, some began to follow, some rejected and walked away. But Paul continued on. Paul had been praying, Paul had been preaching. Paul was laying out his life to, these, to his fellow Jews. And yet, 
Some were being convinced, others disbelieved. Some of you sitting here this morning know what that feels like. Some of you have prayed for, cried for, longed for somebody that you love to come to Christ. And it's just not happening. Sometimes our, our, our preaching, sometimes our teaching, sometimes our sharing the gospel doesn't go the way that, that we feel it ought to go. We don't see the desired effect on, on the work that we are doing. Paul was rejected time after time. Jesus was rejected and yet that didn't keep them from continuing on, from plodding on, from sharing to whoever they could share with the gospel of Jesus. You see, when we share the gospel, we have to, we have to recognize that some will receive it and some won't. But that shouldn't keep us from sharing the gospel because, you know, we don't know where, where we're, maybe just our word to someone is a planting of a seed. You know, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6, Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. In other words, they both played a different role in, in the sharing of the gospel with people. But then he says, but God has been making it grow. You see, in spite of rejection, maybe what we're doing, maybe the words we're speaking are slowly sinking in. And we're just one piece in this puzzle of proclaiming the gospel of someone coming to Christ. We have to trust God in, in, in our sharing with people. We can't despair over gospel rejection, over people rejecting us. I mean, if Paul would have, would have quit preaching after the first time he was rejected, we wouldn't have much of the book of Acts. Paul continued to move with persistence forward. And we have to do the same. We have to preach Christ. You know, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 22, he says, Jews demand signs, Greeks like look for wisdom, but we preach Christ. That's what we're called to do. We're called to preach Christ. To tell people of what Jesus has done. We preach Christ. We don't preach prosperity. We, we don't preach legalism, rules and regulations. We preach Christ. So we have to have a concern for lost people. We have to trust in the sovereignty of God. And we have to be passionate about Christ's kingdom. And we sing, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come and, and live within us. You know, Paul over and over in his writings speaks of the hope of Israel. The hope has arrived through the work 
the person and work of Jesus Christ. He came. He came for the tax collector. He came to the sinners, to the prostitutes. He came so that they may be forgiven through the blood of the innocent lamb. He came for those who were far off, those who were outcasts, those who were prodigal children. He came for them so that they might know the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news that Jesus had come for them. And we have this same good news. The kingdom is here. You see, we have this good news to offer to people. And we have to remind ourselves no one is too far away from God. Nobody that you know that is not a follower of Christ is not too far from God. He can reach them. And he wants to use you to reach them. And sometimes we think somebody is just too lost. But no, nobody's past is too checkered. Nobody's reputation is too marred to receive Christ. That's why he came. The kingdom of God came for these. These who are lost. Us who are lost. We're lost. To give us hope. So if God is choosing to partner with us, if he's choosing to use us as a tool to bring people to himself. And we have this good news to offer them. We have the kingdom to offer them. Then we need to be careful that we don't get consumed and give our hearts to, to trivial matters, to things that don't matter. You know, I watch us, we have to be careful that we don't give our, ourselves, don't give our hearts to, 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 to entertainment, to, 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 to sports, to position, to politics, to power. And I see us getting consumed and investing all of our lives in these things when people are dying and going to hell. Now, there is nothing wrong with these things. There is nothing wrong with entertainment. There's nothing wrong with sports. There's nothing wrong with, well, politics may be messed up, but, but there's nothing wrong with, with these things. But when, when we, when we, they consume us to the point of us losing our passion for lost people. Then they become an idol. And we're sacrificing people who are dying and going to hell for our own entertainment. So rather than becoming consumed by these trivial things... We must love deeply this gospel story. This good news that, that, that Jesus is alive. That Jesus came to die for you and for me. That he is the answer to our lostness. You know, Satan so much desires to get our focus off of 
his people. That he consumes us with busyness. You know, there's an old saying, if the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. Is he making you so busy that you've lost your, your, your love for the gospel? For the good news of Jesus? That, that we've lost our sensitivity to those who are dying and going to hell? In my prayer for, for myself today, as I've thought through and processed where I am at in, in sharing my faith, where I'm at in my care for lost people, my prayer is, is what Paul says about himself. He says, and this is my prayer for me and for, for all of us here, that, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel. Paul says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Do I believe that, that the gospel is the power? And am I not ashamed of it? Am I not ashamed of it to the point where I, I'm willing to share it? I'm willing to, to, to tell it to those who are perishing. My prayer is that we would see the power of it and not be ashamed to share it. Do we have this kind of conviction? Father, as we sit here this morning, Lord, I trust that most of us are thinking of someone that needs Jesus. Whether it be a friend or a family member. Father, we all have those people that you have brought into our lives to share the gospel with. I pray, Father, that you would give us a heart for lost people. You would give us a heart for our friends and family that, that, are, that are dying, that are, are destined for an eternity apart from a loving Father. Give us a heart for those people. May we trust you, Father, as we share, that you would give us the words to speak, that we would not grow weary in sharing the gospel Lord, that we would continue to, to, to be persistent and, and lovingly share and live out the gospel for those that are perishing. Father, as you bring that person to our minds, I pray that for each person that, that we see right now, that you would begin working, you would begin moving, you would already be moving and, and softening their hearts and preparing them. And, and Lord, that we would have such a clear um, such an open door um, in the next days that, that we would just laugh and, and, and remember today. And we would take an opportunity to walk through that door and, and to introduce or reintroduce or remind our loved ones of who Jesus is and, and that he is the answer. Lord, give us a heart for lost people the way that you gave Paul a heart for lost people. Lord, give us a confidence the way that you gave Paul a confidence to share. And give us a persistence that you gave Paul to continue on faithfully in sharing the gospel. 
It's in Christ's precious name that we pray. Amen.